intro again? <laughs> sure. All right. Good morning. This is Kelson. And this is Kevin. And here we are for This Ends Well, our weekly podcast. Yes, it is. Um, it's going well. I, I like doing this. I think it's ending well. Um, We're fine. not ending. <laughs> yeah, and it's over. Thanks I've for actually being had here. several people come up to me and say they've listened to the show and they find us entertaining. So that's good. It is good. Um, I actually had an interesting ha- thing happen yesterday because Jamie Greer, good friend of us, oh, yes. friend of the show, has not been friend on it yet. Friend of the show. Well, friends of the host of the show. I don't know that he's a friend of the show yet. Um, oh. Well, I don't know if he's heard it. Um, I haven't this asked. is well he's listened to. Oh, has he? Mm-hmm. See, I haven't talked Did to him. Did he not mention that? No, but he finally agreed to be on Politictic Boom. Oh, you've been working on him for a while. I, well, he had agreed to it a long time ago, and then the day came up, and there was some random thing that happened with the uh, discrimination ordinance that threw his day into a tailspin. He was like, I just can't do it today. And I'm like, that's okay. (laughs) We'll be okay. And then, um, but yesterday he actually messaged me really quick and he was like, now let's set a date. We'll get this done. I'm like, great. We've set a date. It's in place. He tweeted it. I was like, wow, that's impressive. It is commitment. (laughs) And then, um, and then he was talking, he was talking about him and somebody else in his office. And I can't remember who it is. Uh, Rachel, uh, Nikki. Well, she works at ACLU. Okay. So Nikki's a panic at the ACLU and she was like, and, and, uh, um, he was saying that the two of them have done a bunch of video conference calls and realized that they should have a show. And I was like, you know what? I've got the equipment. (laughs) Come on over. Exactly. You can have a show. I do know how to set these up. Please don't kick the mics. I'm sorry. (laughs) She's over here kicking my equipment that I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, I know, but I think it would be great. I think they would actually have a really interesting show and I'd like to see it. So Hmm. Nikki, Jamie, bring it, Jamie and Nikki. Yeah. If you guys want to come over. We have the space and the equipment, and we could set this up. And actually, I think we could probably set it up in their office, and because yeah. they're on the same floor of the building, aren't they? They're like they probably uh, stare at each other across windows. They're across the street from each uh, other, so and they they stare longingly across the street. <laughs> Is there ice cream at your office? Well, then they probably meet at Big Dipper. Afterwards. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Yes. I haven't had ice cream. All the in a people while. that work so close to Big Dipper, I feel like, are really lucky. But I'm glad I'm not that close because I would probably be there. Once a day. Every day. Going, what's your special today? I'll yeah. have three. <laughs> it's the Kelson special. <laughs> Anyways, I do know that Jamie has listened to the show. A couple weeks back, he texted me um, as he was listening. Oh, really? And um, I think he probably would have liked to have been a guest on that particular show. Which one was To engage it? with us. Um, the Chick-fil-A. Oh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Yes. Which, well, and they're, they're doing something this weekend. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about this oh, fine morning. So we, we, right we better be warmed up because there's lots of going on. Should we dive in or should, on. We, should we have a moment where we just, you know, let's, how was Let's your warm week? up a little bit. How was your week? I had a great week. Um, let's Talk to see. me about it. It's been a week. And last week. Has it, it been a week? It has been a week. And it's been a oh, holiday weekend. Oh, it was weekend. a holiday weekend. Yeah, yes. So it's been a long week. Well, because it was a holiday weekend, I'm having a hard time remembering all the details, but I'm pretty sure I spent a lot of time on the doors. Um, On the doors, for those listeners, means I'm out knocking on constituents' doors, talking to them in my district. Voters. Voters. Yeah. I guess they're only constituents once you actually get elected. Correct. Got it. Well, no, they're technically constituents to whoever is elected, because there's always somebody elected. Right. Well, my hopeful constituents... um, and I've been in the valley, which in Helena is the kind of more rural part of the county or the city. And uh, there's lots of dogs. 
Just yeah, say. you had the pack of dogs last week, actually. I did, and I continued and to have more one? dog experiences. The other thing is when you are out knocking doors in the valley, you have this illusion that houses are close together because you get this little map no. on your phone that tells you where you're supposed to go. They are not. They are not. And it was windy and hot and smoky here this weekend. Oh, was it smoky? Yeah, well, and I, I feel like it has a smoking problem because they're on fire. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I feel like if I'm going to have to smell like campfire and breathe in that much campfire smell, I should actually, you know, be camping somewhere. But uh, <laughs> see, and I feel and enjoying like a I'm cold going, beverage. If I'm going to have that much smoke and and whatnot, I better be around twelve drag queens. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Different perspectives. So I had a lot of fun on the doors this weekend, knocking in the valley, um, long walks down dirt roads, and meeting lots of interesting people. Um, Having, Wait, so you walked between all those? Because they're like a mile apart. I did. You know, I would like maybe drive to a couple streets, to, oh, okay. walk the streets, but the streets were long. And at one point I was walking down this one road and I got all the way to the end of it and I realized I have to walk all the way back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And not, not and do were anything you do, Were you doing this way. alone? <laughs> well, I had other people out with me, but we were oh. on different, very long streets. So it's just interesting how um, you head down this road and I'm like saying hello to some goats over here and some <laughs> horses over here and dogs everywhere. And then I get to the end of this long road and I have to completely walk all the way back to my car. Um, but it's all very good exercise. So that combined with swimming has been... Helping me to just, you know, get some physical movement. Well, that's good. Um, the really exciting thing for me is that last night my organization, the Montana Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Violence, the Helena Brewers, which is the baseball team baseball team here in Helena. Minor I don't league know what team. the minor league. Thank you. Um, they have these nonprofit nights where basically... Um, mm-hmm. proceeds of tickets that we sell and they make announcements and it's kind of like a public awareness opportunity. So last night at the baseball game, it was for the coalition and I got to throw out the first pitch. Ooh, how did I've never that go? done that. How did it go? Well, did you make it over the plate? I did. Well, that's good because yes. Evan Weberg, sports reporter for uh-huh. uh, CBS here in town, did not. Ooh. He apparently just had a little uh, seizure right as he was throwing the ball. <laughs> went right in the dirt. He threw as bad as I would throw. And I feel bad for him because he actually p- played sports. At least with me, he'd be like, well, he's never thrown a ball right. before. I made it to the plate, but I made it uh, to the right of the plate. Well, still, that's, that's not bad. And I did it overhand, which is... Great, because I played softball and stuff all growing up, but I was always underhand. Fast so. pitch underhand? Yeah, like, I know how to throw it. Yeah, nobody from... knows you're a lesbian until right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, so I did throw it overhand. I had all this, like, you know, dilemma about which way I should do it, and I threw it overhand. But the funny part was when I walked up to the gate to get ready to go out there, and I was actually kind of nervous, because, of course, I hadn't practiced or anything. Uh-huh. I was like, this could be one of those YouTube moments, right? Uh-huh. Where I, I, like, throw it backwards or something. And like then you I let go at the wrong point. Right, exactly. And I end and up on YouTube. you're against violence, ma'am. Yeah, and there's a new story. You know, I told you I think in headlines now. Can, you know, Kelson Young, candidate for House District 80, injures beans, small child, right? Beans somebody with oh a Oh, my gosh. So I walk up there, and I think I'm the only first pitch 
and I'm using my quote fingers right now, people. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, um, we still don't have a sound effect for that. <laughs> and I walk up, and there's two other guys who are doing first pitches. Yeah, I don't understand. That's happened a lot throughout the season. I'm like, if it, there's only one first pitch, because right. anything that goes after that would be by definition. But the good news is I was the first first pitch. Oh, okay. So you were actually the first pitch. I was actually pitch. the first pitch. And then there were two other schmucks who unfortunately had to be <laughs> they were not nice kids. first pitch. They were nice kids. They were younger than me, and we were all worried about you know whether or not we were going to make it across the plate. Did they make stuff. it across the plate? One of them. Oh, one of them didn't. Yeah, but see, that's why he, it's one you know, of those. He admitted I like that it might have been the first time he threw a ball. See, and so. I like the whole. I like singing the national anthem. Although yes. I'm terrified that I'm going to screw pull a Christina Aguilera and just drop the words, <laughs> right? Or get them reversed. She actually didn't. She didn't get them wrong. She just got them reversed. Mm-hmm. And you know, they rhyme. It could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, terrified of that happening, and and fairly sure at some point it will. Right. And you know, and you just have to get over it because I've I've had many live performances where it's just been like. <sighs> That line just didn't come to me. <laughs> well, surprisingly, I mean, I am in a lot of what would be considered by many people intimidating situations. I speak in front of large groups of people. I'm on TV. You know, I do a lot of things that are very public, right? But the fact that I was so kind of nervous, a little bit stressed out about throwing a baseball, um, I just find a little humorous. Yeah, we're going to hashtag that first world problems. <laughs> right, exactly. So that was great. We had a great night. Um, you know, we were able to do some public awareness and I was able to get a picture of me throwing a ball across home plate. So Nice. Fun. That is cool. Yeah. Anything Things else? Things you never thought you'd do. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm sure there's other things going on. But I think when I wasn't knocking doors, working, or throwing baseballs, I was watching the Democratic National Convention. Oh, we'll talk about that. So we'll talk about that after we hear about your week. Um, Well, last weekend, I, in the course of, from Thursday night to Monday night, I drove 2,200 miles for 34 hours. I worked close to 20 hours, and I had rehearsal for three. I literally got back into town 10 minutes before rehearsal started on Monday night. And um, technically it was excused, but I don't like missing rehearsal. And I really probably shouldn't have gone because I wasn't very effective. <laughs> but, you know, we got through it. And, um, yeah, this last weekend was crazy. I had to be in Southern Oregon to do a little training with them. Mm-hmm. So I was down in Ashland and Medford to train them with uh, their new football equipment. And... Um, all things considered, like of all the things that went wrong, and there were plenty of things that went wrong, it actually went okay. It was the football game was not at their stadium, so it wasn't using their internet connection, and some stuff that we had tested and expected mm-hmm. couldn't happen. <laughs> you know, minor things, right? And I screwed up on a codec, so the commercials wouldn't play, and then I had to, you know, so I had to transcode them, and that took about an hour, and you know, so there were a bunch of little things that went wrong, and they added up to it wasn't a perfect game. <laughs> uh, but on the bright side, it did get webcast. It was viewable. Um, and people really liked the fact that they can see the games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, when you're dealing with these smaller schools, they're not going to get TV time very often. Right. They're, they're really lucky if they get TV time for a football game. And they're certainly not going to get it for volleyball or soccer or anything else. Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's unfortunate because they really do have good programs. And those programs help people get through college. You know, mm-hmm. I, I never was one of those kids who did sports in school. Shock. I know. <laughs> and um but I am a firm believer in how important they are now because I understand what they actually do both for the students and for the school. And you know, seeing all of that and and being a part of it, it's very bizarre 
<laughs> my cousins definitely think it's bizarre because they mm-hmm. all want to work in sports and I do. And I'm like, I have nothing. I'd rather work in <laughs> musical theater. Right. <laughs> um, so. I also think you have to keep in mind that you guys are providing a service that actually most people don't have cable TV anymore. You know, a lot of people don't have cable TV. They certainly watch things online. And right. so the fact they're that you're TV offering over them, the air. Yeah. And, that, so and that's what most people are doing. Channels. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of what we are doing is, is very new and exciting and a lot of people still don't get it. And it's a lot of work and it's, I think the schools in many cases think it's going to be less work than it is, mm. you know, and, and that's not a dig at the schools at all. It's just, it looks like it should be easier than it is. And it does. I mean, there are many parts of it that are still very complex that need to be simplified, but they'll get there. Mm-hmm. It's still new. I mean, it's still in its infancy. Web video as a whole. I mean, to tell you how long I've been working on the web, I remember when Flash did not play videos. You know, I remember when that was added in and mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, this is great. And I was like, no, this is a nightmare. You've taken a development platform. Now you've turned it into a movie playback system and it's going to be a nightmare. And I was right. Um, from a development standpoint, from a distribution standpoint, it was it's completely crazy mm-hmm. what Flash was entailing. And it needs to die. Um I say that. I know nothing about what you're saying. Right. And most people don't. I'm just <laughs> geeking out. Go with it, people. It's fun. I'm sure we have some geeky out kind fun of people for a minute, who but, can but, understand but, what you're saying. Right. But basically what it amounted to is that they took something that was um, simply uh, a development and, you know, a programming language, basically. Mm-hmm. And they added in the ability to playback video. And um, I can understand why they did it competitively, because they wanted to compete with QuickTime, which was a video playback system that had a development language on it. It was the reverse. Mm -hmm. And um, QuickTime was actually really cool because its video playback was controlled completely separately from its uh, programming language. And the first two or three versions of iTunes from Apple Mm -hmm. were actually QuickTime programs. They were written in QuickTime. That's why you had to download on on a Windows PC. You had to download QuickTime because you needed that environment in order to run iTunes. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't exist inside of the Windows programming environment. It existed inside of QuickTime. And I don't know know that it does anymore. In fact, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. But um, so it was was a really interesting development So how come somebody hasn't come up with something better? Well, they have. Now, okay. they, now they've separated video out into its own thing. It's, it's just like images on the web. It needs to exist on its own. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can and H.264 is the new codec that everybody's using. It's part of the MPEG-4 codecs. And uh, it allows for HTML5. So the video plays on its own. And you can do other things around it and interact with it via CSS and JavaScript. And, and do some really, really cool things that you used to do just inside of Flash. Because you'd have video and then you'd have buttons and all these other things happen. Well, the problem with Flash is that it wasn't accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, if you didn't if you didn't actually go out and do everything right, it wasn't accessible at all because it was Flash. So your browser couldn't read it. It was just playing a plugin. And the plugin wouldn't tell anything to the browser about, you know, this is happening. So tell the screen reader for this person who can't see and tell this for the person who's deaf, you know, have this come up on their keyboard. You know, so there was a, there was a lot of problems that were with it and mm-hmm. that just couldn't be overcome. I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. So um, where was I going with this? I don't know. Anyway, so web video isn't that, isn't that old because I've only been doing video for 12 years, 13 years. Mm-hmm. And it was 2002, 2003 when Flash all of a sudden, no, it was 2004, when Flash could play video and play it well. 
Um, they introduced it in 2003, but it was it was like 12 frames a second, and they had to do some really nasty codec stuff with it. But Sorensen fixed some things in 2003, and by 2004, video inside of Flash was possible. Bandwidth wasn't able for it, so it was always really small little postage stamp things that you'd see, and you'd be like, oh, look, it looks like video, but smaller. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, but now we're at the point where we're doing live sports and we're sending it out in Is that HD. pretty standard or is that something that no, you guys are standard. doing that's ahead of the game? We're still ahead of the game. Yeah. We have these little, well, you know, big schools are doing it, but they're doing it with their contracts with ESPN or Root Sports or whatever. Yeah. You know, so they have these major companies that are doing it and they're sort of half-assing it because they're putting it together and they're like, well, we're doing the game anyway. We might as well put it on the web. These other schools that don't have those TV contracts they have to do it themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, but we've got the equipment in place and we've got the training in place. And as long as they've got the people and the dedication to do it, they actually can do a really, really good game on the web. We've had really good success with the frontier conference doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, SOU for football joined the frontier conference this year. So they got the newest and best equipment, which also means it's the stuff that I can't teach over the phone really easily because I'm like, there's a button to your left. I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) Read them to me. And they're reading them to me. And that's, that's, That's the one there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that, you know, it's better to train him in person. Cause I can just point to it and I, I don't know what it's called, well, but you I didn't need to one. sleep for a few days anyways. Apparently not. Have you caught up? No, but I'm, I'm much less worried about being tired at this point because it all kind of makes sense or I've completely lost my mind <laughs> one or the other. Um, so yeah, so that was my week. We were dealing with, you know, the, the stuff that happens at the beginning of the year. The other thing that always cracks me up about this and, uh, this being the third year of, uh, is it the third or the fourth? It is the third full year of doing this. Um, when, Of course, when I first started this with Carol, of course, the first game was kind of a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, things going wrong. I don't know what's going on with the camera, what happened with my internet, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, and you run into all the little issues that you eventually solve and get around. Well, the, the beginning of the seasons last year and the year before, when we were... Uh, going, you know, putting everything together. It was new teams, so I just assumed it was new teams that were the problem. But this year I'm realizing that, no, it's not new teams that are the problem. It's that they haven't done it for five months. Right. Because the last thing that we do is the final basketball game. Well, that's in March. hmm You know, and here it is August. Right. They haven't done anything. And even though they know the system and, and they'll get caught up on the first day, there's plenty of things that they forget how it works. And so they're like, uh, I forgot to plug something in. I don't know what. All right, tell me where it's not worth showing up. You know, and I have to guide them through it. And I think that's true about anything you start doing. <laughs> yeah, for five months. Mm-hmm. Five months. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that next year we'll have more volleyball games before football games that we'll actually require them to do, but we won't do as revenue games so that they can remember how everything works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, plus, so, you, it sounds like you keep bringing new people online. So, you know, we are. there's always and, a new team to set up or something. Yeah, and there's always going to be a new team to set up because even as even as the old teams, you know, as we get two and three more years into this, we're going to provide it at all works. Fingers crossed. Happiness and joy. <laughs> um, as we get two or three more years into this, we're going to want to upgrade all the other schools to full HD equipment. And we've got an upgrade path for all of them. You know, everything that we bought, you know, there were parts of it that we knew were going to be um, only good for two or three years because it's SD or standard definition. Sorry. Mm-hmm. For those of you at home, standard definition versus high definition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some I of understood that. Yeah. Some of it's, some of it's older equipment. That's just, it's going to have to be phased out. And we knew that, but we bought other pieces that would work with that old equipment, but we'll also work with the new equipment. So they wouldn't have to replace the whole system. They just replace the components that are, you know, 
absolutely need to be replaced and we get them up to HD. So, you know, we've got upgrade pads in place for everybody and, and we have an idea of where we want to go with it and it's growing and, you know, we do what we can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my weekend meantime, was Kevin not a holiday. <laughs> yeah, my weekend was not a holiday. It's football season. I really don't get weekends off. I don't get holidays. Oh, the other thing I had to do was the Saints wrap-up show. That was a nightmare because I was editing on this computer that is three feet from me, but I was sitting in Oregon. Oh, boy. Yes, editing over the internet. Not fun. Because you were remoting in? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was delightful. Those are the worst. Yeah. But, you know, got it done and got it on air and everything was fine. And it wasn't perfect, but it was okay. <laughs> there are many Sometimes when like you have that. so many things going on, you just have to live with not perfect. That's right. what and I've learned for myself. I've learned very, I learned a long time ago that it's never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. As long as it's But good. especially when you have so many things going on. Right. Well, and yeah, I don't like to rely on that because I don't like the whole, well, I have so many things happening and I dropped the ball. Yeah. Well, I try not to. I do. <laughs> I fully admit I, there are plenty of balls. And I'm like, I didn't even know I had that ball. Mm. But, <laughs> Hello, ball. <laughs> exactly. Oh, another one. Um, but, you know, I'm, it's never so going to be So what happens perfect. to Kevin in all of this? Have you hiked the mountain? I have not hiked the mountain. But part of it is I don't want to go hiking in the smoke. Yeah. It's nasty. That was the lovely thing about Oregon is that there was no smoke. It was beautiful. Every day I was out there, it was like 75, 80 degrees, mm-hmm. sunny and wonderful. Not running, not raining. Not raining. And, you know, having lived in Oregon, that's a rare day. And I got that's three for of sure. them. It was nice. Yeah. Well, that's um, good. So, yeah. So that was my weekend. It really wasn't a holiday. But, you know, it was good. And then uh, rehearsal, fun. It's going well. It and opens next we, Friday. Yeah, next Friday. Wow. Not, the, not, not tomorrow. Week from tomorrow. Gonna be good. It is gonna be good, and it's and it's going to be fun. I hope everybody goes to it. Um, Tell them again where they can get tickets. Uh, you can get tickets. It's at Grand Street Theater, so you can get tickets by calling Grand Street Theater. And I don't know the number off the top of my head, but you can look that up at GrandStreetTheater.com, where you can also buy tickets online at GrandStreetTheater.com, and that's R E, not E R, on the end of theater. Theatre. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how theaters usually spell? Um, everywhere that is adult, yes. But if you ever are in a spelling bee, you have to ask, do you want the British spelling or do you want the American bastardized spelling? Because then they do E-R. Theater. Theater. Right. Right. So, the Democratic National Convention? Have or... you been watching it? I did not. I saw a little bit of Bill Clinton's speech last night online because I didn't get home until it was almost 11 o'clock last night. I was just wiped. I needed to go to bed. Yes. Um, so I pulled a little bit of everybody was saying it was a fantastic speech. Everybody was saying that Denise did very well. She did. And um, Nancy Keenan spoke? or has she, she spoke not? the night before. Okay. Yeah. And that she did well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I'm not imagining that. That's good. <laughs> Um, well, I haven't I haven't I saw, watched every moment of it, but I certainly I watched parts of the speeches on Tuesday night. Uh, the featured speaker was obviously uh, First Lady Michelle Obama, right? And her speech was, was apparently phenomenal. Yes, everybody. I saw my Twitter stream was all let's just elect her. Yeah, <laughs> well, she's so compelling and just very you know relatable, and mm-hmm. she's obviously and very passionate about him. Yeah, and she's not like a you know, refined public speaker. So she's well-spoken, but it didn't come across as overly practiced. Yeah, exactly. So she was great. And then last night it was a whole lineup of people. Denise Juno, who's our superintendent of public instruction. She was asked to speak and she spoke around five o'clock Montana time. I watched online because of course I was watching PBS and was annoyed because 
PBS was showing all the various speeches, but as soon as Denise came on, they went to like the commentators talking. What? <coughs> Excuse me. And this was National PBS or Montana PBS? Yeah, National PBS. So, you know, oh, they show speech after speech a, and then they note. Yeah, and then they like went to their little panel of speaking and I'm like, "Why?" Like this is a really important six minutes about education and Native Americans and whatever, but yeah, but it's I try not to take it personal. Um, so I watched online and she did a fabulous job. Um, she's a very good public speaker, but also just, you know, a lot of shout out shout outs to Montana. She did the whole like go cats, go Grace, you know, all these different did things. Did she say go saints? <laughs> she did not. I will have a little chat. But with she her. went to those two schools, uh, Missoula and Bozeman. So. Well, so she did a great still, job. There's still what four other <clears throat> state schools, is that right? Yeah. Well, well, she did. Northern, she only had Western. six minutes so? of speech, but she did a great Bulldogs job. Lights. She talked about both education and kind of the experience and importance of including Native Americans, um, Indigenous people. So she was great. And if you check out her Facebook page, there's like 200 posts from people who are like, "Great job, Denise." I just nice. think um, you know it's. It's great to see. I know Denise personally, and it's just so amazing to see somebody on that national stage, you know, in that position. Oh, don't worry. That you're you know be there firsthand. In like 10 years. <laughs> right. Well, I was watching her thinking, God, what if I was ever in that kind of a position? It would, it, it's one thing to be a good public speaker, it's another thing to be like, Oh, it on can't be as bad as throwing TV, out a baseball. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would be easier than the baseball thing. But, and then uh, President Clinton last night was long. Right. I watched it last night when I got home. So what did you think about his speech? And I thought he was great, but I, I have to admit I fell asleep for a few minutes and then woke <laughs> back up and finished it. So I was I think it was like thirty minutes or something. I don't know. It seemed well, long. Yeah, and he is one of those he is a great orator. Oh, and he is. And you know, this is basically the stage that built him. He can certainly return the favor. Right. And um, I saw a lot of the tweets last night when I got home. They were like, oh, amazing speech. You know, he did a great job. He's so amazing. Can we elect him again? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no. Right. And, you know, there are a bunch of people that are like, well, he was just a great president. I'm like, he signed Don't Ask, Don't Tell into law. He signed the Defense of Marriage Act into law. Mm -hmm. He threw our community not only under a bus, but off a cliff for political expediency. And I still haven't forgiven him for that. I'm sorry. Well, I think you know he may be a great speaker, and he may be wanting to do some things to atone for his sins. And I think by you know by working to get Barack Obama reelected, mm -hmm. he is definitely working in that right direction. But until those two laws are off the books, he is not forgiven. I have to say, and I actually thought about this in the shower this morning because after I watched his speech, I knew we would talk about it. And um, I also us, I also you? saw your tweet last night about about. Uh, Doma and don't ask, don't tell. I think the thing about Clinton, and I have to say that I actually have met him in person. Okay. He is incredibly charismatic and um, likable. Great. Right? So my point is that that's what draws people, mm -hmm. right? And, and Whether it was the eight the years of his presidency or all of the legacy afterwards, and when you see people say, why can't we have him as president again? It's really not about his policies. If you look and oh, no, I see understand. what he did, he did a lot of things that weren't great. He made a lot of compromises. To a certain extent, he did some things that were great, too, because the economy was in a much better situation. But things like the fact that he signed welfare reform and all of the things that came with that, that he signed DOMA and um, Don't Ask, Don't Tell – 
and he was, you know, implicit in those things. And he was the kind of person that makes a lot of compromises. But I honestly, you know, in my observation, people don't really even care. They just think that Clinton's such a great guy, you know, that he's like so yeah, relatable. I want you to elect and, your buddies. Right, I know, but they just, people love him and right. they love listening and, to him. And, and it, it literally, when I listen to him, I feel like I should be like, you know, lounging on a couch by a fire or something. He's just so appealing in that way. You right. know? And I get that. I understand that. And um, I've never actually been one of his biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I see his charisma and I see what he can do. But I also see the ways that ways that he compromises himself and just fucks up. And I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. no. But and I think a lot of people feel said, like you do. If he's going to have that charisma and use it in, you know, if you have a superpower and you use it for good, I'm OK with that. But when you have a superpower and then you throw me under the bus, you have a lot of work to do to get me back. Absolutely. And and I think not only does he have a superpower of charisma, but he also has an intense internal battle that makes him do things that um, are against his best interests or the interests that he, you know, says that he supports. And her name is Monica. Right. But anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but... I do. Th- I mean, it's interesting because uh, PBS had a special about Clinton a couple months back, and it was like this four-part series and showed all these different things. And I remember watching it and um, went to my therapist afterwards, and I was like, am I running for office because I am an egomaniac who needs outside approval? And I maybe shouldn't be sharing, sharing this with the listeners, but the point is that <laughs> he is exactly the kind of politician who like does things because he needs to be fed by this adoration and like outside influence and sort of, you know, support and approval. Right. Mm. And I really think that he's this great orator. He's very compelling. He's very charismatic, but because he's so like insecure at this other level and needs so much outside approval and sort of validation, it makes him uh, very susceptible to compromising his like values or a particular constituency or whatever. Right. And I had Which to really think he's about great, great at giving speeches. I just don't want him in charge. Right. But I had to think about, you know, those, I think there's different kinds of politicians. There's people who do it because of those sorts of reasons. It mm-hmm. feels good. They like to be, you know, on stage. They like to have all that outside, um, support or there's people who do it because they're really grounded in their convictions and, the things that they care about and they want to get things done and they're not willing to compromise and whatever. Right. And, and I, I think, have to say, I think, I think Obama is useful. much more like that. Yeah. And I think both of them are useful in the process, but right. I look at all these people and especially like some of my friends who are LGBTQII, every other letter of the alphabet, three numbers. And I don't even know where it is. I don't think any of them think that Clinton did good things for well, but the gay it, and lesbian community. But they're not saying anything about that. They're pointing out that they're, you know, in fact, one of my friends, and he lives in Chicago, he's like, uh, Clinton, you know, he's still the best president that we've ever had. I'm like, okay, buddy, we're going to have a little chat why? here. <laughs> uh, exactly. I want to know why. I want to know what he was thinking because he, the reason he is not married mm-hmm. is because of Clinton. You know, because he's been with his boyfriend for nine years. Right. Well, I think that a lot of people think that Clinton's the best president we've ever had because he's the most charismatic, like, uh, what people see as reasonable Democrat. It's kind of like when Republicans are so enraptured with Reagan. I don't really understand it. There was a lot of things that he did that weren't great. 
you know, but well, and he did a lot of things that that if he tried to do them with today's Republican Party, he'd be drummed out of it. Right. But the point is that I think Democrats have this, you know. Yeah, it's just weird. It's weird. And yeah, Jamie posted. on. I can tell you that Obama has way more courage than Clinton on any day. Yeah. And uh, Jamie, actually, our friend Jamie. Yeah. uh, Posted on Twitter this morning. I think my friends remember a different Clinton than I remember. And I was I replied with, nope, I totally remember him. Signed Doma and got it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Compromises. He compromises. But he is a great speaker. Um, I. So did he energize the base? And did he pull in any independence, do you think, with this speech? I did like that he reflected on the history of things, you know, that he, he, and the thing about Clinton, he can like pick at the Republicans and, um, you know, do his aw shucks sort of, well, the Republicans did this or think this. And, you know, this thing is actually true. He gets away with a lot of that sort of smooth you know, dissing the Republicans without people really holding him responsible for dissing them, if that makes sense. You know, like if Obama went on the attack in the same way that Clinton did, um, it just would be seen differently. Right. So I think he did a good job. People in the South. Right. He did a good job of motivating the base, getting people fired up and providing a contrast with the Republicans in a way that's only Clinton really can seem to do. But I don't, I don't know that people um, will make a decision based on what Clinton says. Mm. I think they enjoy listening to him. I think that. <laughs> so basically, he's become a comedian. Right. We're not going to change our voting habits, but thanks the only for person that up. can really make that difference and really energize people and make people feel like okay, the next four years or something that I'm willing to really sacrifice the next two months for is uh, President Obama. I think that so, it's really about him tonight. So and his big speech is tonight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. What time? I think I would guess it'll be about eight thirty or nine. Hopefully, Montana the show time. is up before then. <laughs> yeah, I just think predictions. Uh, How do you think it'll go? Well, he's always, in my opinion, he's always really um, good and compelling, and I like listening to him. He's also a very good orator. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. Orator, orator. Um, Orator. Sometimes I feel like I sl- say things slower than they should be, if that makes sense. No. <laughs> it could be orator or something, but I say orator. Anywho. Uh, um, I don't know. Kelsen <laughs> apparently is getting a new vocal box this week installed. Orator. Uh, right. right. I just feel I like... I just want you to do a show, an entire show in the voice of Gladys from Portal. <laughs> don't worry. The cake will be back later. Later. <laughs> oh, boy. Um... I don't know. I, I I don't have a prediction. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that it motivates me. I'm hoping that it energizes me and makes me feel like he has a vision for the next four years. Because, you know, I listen to the RNC speeches as well, and I, I certainly don't um, agree with that vision. Yeah. yeah. So I want to be <coughs> inspired by a different vision, and I think a lot of people do. So I what are so. you expecting? Um, from his speech or from the election? Uh, the election let's, let's start. For, and drinking. <laughs> let's uh, start with his speech. I don't know, because I actually haven't seen him talk in quite a while. It's been about six months since I've seen him give a speech. Mm-hmm. I know he's given them. I just haven't watched. Um, I suspect, you know, it, it, you know, going for hope and change isn't going to work really well, you know, because obviously we tried that the last time and we're still hoping for some of it. Um, but I think if he actually talks up, you know, one of the things that I have a problem with is the Democrats are not very good about selling the things that they've actually done that have worked. Mm-hmm. And 
Tim especially. Um, but I think that's probably it's actually a personality trait. He doesn't dwell on his successes or his failures. He just gets to work. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the electorate actually needs to hear your successes. So I'm really hopeful that he actually talks about them. Right. That he steps up and says, and these are the things that we needed to change that we've changed. And now it's better. Right. And now it's better. And it's time to make it better again. Right. You know, that sort of message, I think, not only will resonate with the Democrats, but it's also going to resonate with the independents who are very easily swayed by the, well... Unemployment rates are up, yeah, but they're still lower now than they were at the peak of when Bush was there. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 stock market is higher than it ever was under Bush. They have to they have to speak to the sound bites, right? And they have to talk about these successes that they've had because right now we're only talking about the things where he's failed. Well, mm-hmm. the things that he's failed take long times to fix. Well, and As also, I, all of a sudden I use think a that definitely yeah. cadence. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> um, I think that that is very likely to be the tone of his speech because if you listen to all the other convention speeches, I think we did a much better job of like talking about Obama throughout the various speeches. Um, it was interesting when I watched the Republican national convention, it was like Romney got mess, you know, mentioned every once in a while, but <laughs> everything has didn't been about, men- didn't get mentioned what, but once in Christie's speech, yeah. <laughs> it's like Rubio so didn't mention every him, speaker but... has been touting the, you know, successes of the Obama administration. And I think uh, President Obama will do that as well. He needs to. I do think that people, I I actually get so frustrated when people expect significant change in four years. Well, we had significant change from 2000 to 2004. Right. Not the change we were looking for then. Yeah. But I mean, I think if you actually look at the record, like what you're saying is that they need to talk about it more, because if you actually look at it, the amount of stuff that was accomplished in four years is significant, in my opinion. And the idea that somehow a president or a four-year administration is going to be responsible for completely turning around the economy or dealing with, you know, gay rights or anything else. So do you think that we should much. change that part of the constitution and actually extend terms for people? Maybe. No, move, I just think people maybe move representatives need to, to six, yeah. senators to 12 and the president to eight. Right. Well, or we could just go to some sort of other government system where people are in for longer. I don't know. Well, we see, and I don't think that we need that many people in for longer. I think it's interesting that we have the turnover that we have. I definitely don't think we should have longer. I mean, if I could have, would have had to endure more Bush years, I think scary. Yeah. I just think people need to have realistic expectations. Yeah. I, I can go with that. You can still be like, you know, okay, great. You did these three things, but there's still these two things that you haven't done. Um, I actually think, you know, for the gay and lesbian community, if we really think about everything that Obama's done in the four years, it's impressive. It is impressive. And that's the, that's the thing that just kills me is that these people that are talking about all the stuff that, Clinton did for us. I'm like, no, he did a lot of things to us. Mm-hmm. And Obama's done a lot for us by fixing those things that were done to us a decade ago. Right. And well, and it's I amazing just, how ugh. people already take for granted things that have changed. You know, right. I mean, don't ask, don't tell is still a big deal. The fact that it's, it's not even a year old yet. and whatever, but I still think that people are already like, it's they've forgotten how significant that is. You know what yeah, I mean? And what a big de- and how it destroyed so many lives. Oh, and gosh. Oh, it was a nightmare. Absolutely. And Doma needs to go away. And Prop Eight. Oh, did you see the thing about Prop Eight yes, no. yesterday? The Supreme Court actually put it on their discussion docket. 
So what does that mean? That means that they're going to have their little meeting where they decide if they're going to hear the case. And that's the case out of California that's been working its way up. Yep. That's mm-hmm. the one where they could turn around and go, well, this is what's happening and um, right. life will be dandy and we're going to let it stand or we're going to hear it. Well, um, and like I said, I think the Montana Supreme Court case is supposed to rule on the ACLU case soon as well. Yeah, well, they've already heard it. So, yeah, they should they should have they, ruled well, they, already. I they've heard just that been they pushing were gonna, it off. Yeah. They oh, were, Joe Mazurk died. We can't do it this week. <laughs> they've been pushing it through the summer, but I know that they'll release something before the election. I just hope it's not too close to the election, because if there's some sort of huge backlash one way or the other, it's going to affect those of us candidates on the um, other side. Right. So, uh, you know, I hope that they release the opinion soon. So can we talk about Mr. Lasliffe, the Family Foundation, oh and my Chick-fil-A God. sandwiches? Otherwise <laughs> you keep known calling as it dis- Chick-fil-A. Is that wrong? It's Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Is what they call themselves. And, and, you know, as much as I really don't like them, I would like to call them by their right name. So I call them Dirty Bastards. <laughs> but is it spelled F-I-L-L-E-T? No, it's, it's spelled C-H-I-K hyphen F-I-L hyphen A. And they say Chick-fil-A. Oh. They're from Texas. They can't spell. Okay, well, I was calling it Chick-fil-A or whatever I was calling it. Right, because you you looked at it. I spell it out. (laughs) Because I know how to spell. Right. Okay, so Chick-fil-A. Right. And they're Um, bussing in chicken. This is the thing that kills me. They're bussing in chicken. Let's explain what's happening. Oh, God. Explain it. Okay, so um, Jeff, um, how do you say his last name? Lastlefee. Or as I liked, the, 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 or as I posted on my blog, the fucking bigot. Um, oh, I did. Eek. <laughs> no, sorry. I, he is. And anybody who's supporting him in this, guess what you are. First word starts with an F. Second <laughs> word starts with a B. And it rhymes with ducking igot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and there's no nice, I'm sorry, I'm tired of being nice and saying this. Oh, they just have a difference of opinion. No, they don't have a difference of opinion. They're bigots. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. There's no nice way to say it because it's not a nice thing. Mm-mm. So, um, he has decided to put together this troop and they're going to show an appreciation day for family values and hate being, of course, the family value that they're showing appreciation for mm-hmm. good family value there. Next time do child abuse. No one will <laughs> notice that Jeff. Um, and, uh, so they're going to Billings. They're, they're having going a, to Billings. like a, and they're busing it in. People I, can come and get their sandwich yeah, and get a donation and get, or get chicken nuggets. I don't even know that they can get a sandwich. I think they can just get the chicken nuggets, which I would point out the chicken, the Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets are really crappy. They're like the, the cheap <laughs> Where'd version. Where'd you hear of, it was just the nuggets and not the I, sandwich? I read their press release that it was uh, posted on Facebook. Mm. And you can try some of their delicious chicken nuggets. I'm like, I've had them. They're not very good. Right. They're actually but really I bad. would like to They're know like how this is actually happening. horribly bread. Right. Well, I don't know. So like somebody's going to, where's the nearest Chick-fil-A like restaurant? The Colorado, I believe. So somebody's going to like Drive truck in. They're going to like cook it. Hopefully. Good luck, people eating <laughs> poison chicken. <laughs> and gonna, people are going to come gonna out put and it on celebrate a this. And it's a fundraiser for the Family Foundation, Montana yeah. Family Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's ridiculous. And so they're having this, and this is uh, support traditional family values. No, what you're doing is you're supporting Kate and showing that you're a bigot. There's nothing else that you are doing. If you are go- And I'm sorry for you people who think that, well, we need to be nice, and we need to let them have their own thoughts. We don't <laughs> let the KKK go into the school and pass out pamphlets. We shouldn't let these people do it either. Hmm. That's all there is to it. They cloak themselves in this, oh, we're family friendly, and it's a lie. There is... 
Yeah, I totally agree with you that they're celebrating discrimination. We've been uh, referring to them as discrimination sandwiches. You know, that they're going to eat discrimination discrimination sandwiches. But Hate um, on a bun. Right. The groups that have been working against discrimination and for gay rights, the ACLU, um, the Montana Human Rights Network, Pride Foundation, Not in Our Town, Billings, and several other organizations Mm -hmm. in the Billings area, are organizing kind of a counter event. Have you heard about that? I did. Jamie posted about it. Again, okay. friend of the show, Jamie. We Hi, get all Jamie. of our information from him. <laughs> so they're having a counter event on the same Saturday in Billings, not a protest event. So it's not at the same location. My understanding is that it's not at the same location Correct. as it's the over, discrimination sandwiches. Pitas, but they're equality having pitas. Yes, equality pitas at a different park. And they're actually having an event that they want to highlight that, They want to celebrate all families. And more importantly, they're having it in conjunction with a Montana business, Pita Mm -hmm. Pit, which is delicious Mm -hmm. and delightful. And Pita Pit is donating money from the proceeds for that to the organization. Thank you, Pita Pit. Yes, thank you. We're going to go have lunch. It's so nice to see. There are so many businesses in Montana that actually support equality. Right. And then this one business that isn't even in Montana is being trucked in by jerks. Um, to give everybody cholesterol and bad chicken, <laughs> and it's I'm and, just I'm wondering by a jerk. Who, who do you call to like get food inspectors? <laughs> the to, city actually, and, right. and that'll be interesting because they they not only have to have uh, uh, the the permit for a gathering, right? But they do have to have uh, a food production permit. And they could be inspected. I think really and truly the city should be called. I might be dialing a number. (laughs) I may be dialing a number. Right. Jeff, make sure you provide good chicken. No rotten chicken. Well, you would and have it's, quite it's, a problem. It's on coming your hands. from Colorado or North right. Dakota. I, I don't think there is one in North Dakota. I think they're really only in the South. It's a Southern based company. Uh, yeah. I was I've, discussing this with Marilyn Bennett, actually. Did you listen to that show? I haven't yet. Um, we were discussing this, and she was like, yeah, the South, it's very odd. I'm like, yeah, we fought to keep them. How? What They're were we spreading, thinking? though, because I've uh, the Minneapolis airport, I was at recently, and there's a Chick-fil-A there. So they're spreading. Yeah. Okay. They're did you eat there? I did not. Thank you. Uh, there was nothing else open, and I looked, and I just thought to myself, I can't. If you do ever it. get a chance to get one free, go ahead and try it. Right. I can't do it. I looked at the people in line, and I was like, <clears throat> glaring eye. Did you walk over to them and hand them your card? Right. And you're a bigot. Like, and you're a bigot. And exactly. you're a bigot. And you're a bigot. Well, congratulations on your hate-filled sandwich. I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't understand what they're doing, but. <clears throat> I'm done with the benefit I mean, of the doubt. I, you know, but my at the doubt airport, you are also l- limited to where you can eat. Right, go to McDonald's. So that's different. Mm-hmm. Go to McDonald's. They may kill you, but, right. you know, they're at least going to do it equally to everyone. Oh, geez. <laughs> so, yes, I'm very proud of the organizations who are organizing an event and kind of counter to when I hear that. healthy food, healthy right. food. And what is it? Fresh eating, uh, fresh Eating good. F- I don't remember Pita Pit's little slogan with the chicken and the pita. I do. And think celebrating all families. I mean, what is it about some people that they want to try to make people feel bad about? I, I have a better question for you. What is it about people like uh, Jeff Lasloffy and uh, uh, what's his name from Family Research Council? And then the other one from the Catholic League, Bill yeah. Donahue from the Catholic League and. Um, Tony Perkins from the Family Research Council. Why are you three men so interested in gay sex? I'm gay and I don't spend that much time thinking about men having sex. (laughs) I would like to point out, you spend a lot more time thinking about gay sex than is healthy. I spend a lot of time thinking about gay sex. (laughs) But, But not that much. Not as much as these guys. Right. 
it's really bizarre to me. I'm like, I don't know any other straight men that spend any time thinking about gay, gay sex. And that's all these people do. All they do. Well, they have the right to think about whatever they want to think about, and they um, could do that on their own time. I don't understand why they have to do these things that are so actively about in parks in front of children. Yeah, and are so, you know, in your face about discriminating about against families. Yeah, and you know what it is. I think they probably, you know, when they were young, their first boyfriend scorned them. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Can we get and they've sued never for libel? <laughs> I said, I think. I didn't say it happened. Right. Oh, boy. Uh, and technically, it'd be slander. We didn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Good point. So I know Jeff personally. I've obviously been up at the um, Capitol with him for years. He's a lobbyist for the Montana Family Foundation. But he never registers. Uh-huh. And I lobby for pro-choice, pro-women, pro-gay so to speak for adult things right and he lobbies for i want to take my stuff home and never play with you again (laughs) you're mean so i've had to interact with jeff one-on-one in many occasions and did um, you get to use like a dagger or no i mean the thing is that uh you know jeff is good at what he does he's very personable he um will talk to people He's compelling in his conversations, and it's really unfortunate. I mm. wish that he was more like Harris. More, Hines. yeah, exactly, because he's what effective. A, ugh, that's unfortunate. Um, you know, but I found myself, and I just have to say that the first couple of sessions I was up there, and I was dealing with people like him or other lobbyists who I obviously fundamentally disagree with. And last session, I I hit my limit. So I had been cordial and civil, and you know. Um, in the lobbying world or up at the legislature capitol, you really don't get anywhere by just being um, me. rude. Or that would mean. be me. <laughs> you don't get anywhere by being say. Kevin. <laughs> Whether it's a Republican legislator or other lobbyists, you just, it's the civil discourse. You know, it's like, no matter how much we disagree, we're still going to be I'm pleasant civil, to each other. As long as you, you know, right. in- include in that definition. But even like saying war. hello in the hall or whatever, I mean, I would, I would never be rude to Dallas Erickson, Harris Himes, or Jeff. Um, and this last session, they put, they pushed me too far. I really got to a point where I was just, their testimony and the things that they did were so, um, it felt so much more personal. It was, it was, it it was was, a personal attack on every single one of us. Women, um, choice issues, uh, all of the anti-gay legislation that they brought, but also just their demeanor and their, the way they spoke because they were in the majority. So because they were speaking in front of parties or, uh, committees that had Republican majorities, they had this like license in their heads to be even more obnoxious than they'd ever been before. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you have a democratic controlled committee or it's more balanced, they have to play nice. They have to say things, but not say things too over the top because the Democrats would never let them get away with those things. Well, when you have a committee that has 14 Republicans and six Democrats in house judiciary, there was way more, um, allowance for that sort of craziness. So I, so I have a direct this question person, for you. Yeah. And this person who used to like say hello to me in the hall and be civil and whatever, Jeff, he was saying things about people, me 
that were just so hateful and hurtful. And then we found out he has a radio broadcast kind of, he doesn't do a podcast, but he actually does a radio show every week. Yeah. He he was talking about us. He was talking about those of us who lobby on progressive issues very specifically. I remember one show he talked about how we all look sick and tired and all this other stuff. And I was just like, who are you and who do you think you are? And how dare you talk about me and my people like that? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really changed over time because things have gotten so, so much more difficult. And also just because they are so gross, right? That's the only word I can really come up with it. They just go to this like grossness. It was so much more personal. It felt like that we've lost any sort of civility here. Right. Um, so I'm much closer to where you are than I would have been before, <laughs> mainly because I'm generally the kind of person that tries to like work within the system to the degree possible. But I think that the amount of hate and and discrimination and things that we're just allowed for, um, it's just it's not okay, you know. And and so I really I think I've never had respect for Jeff, but I certainly. Um, and continually amazed by the level of which he will promote hate and discrimination. And how far he will stoop. Mm-hmm. Hmm. To raise money, apparently. Hmm. Chick sandwiches. Yes, so we I, do have a, I do have a question for you. Yes. Uh, the, the question is, are you going to be one of those committee members that when they stand up and tell lies, you call them out on it? Absolutely. I'm going to have so much fun this session. Yay! Well, we have to get me there first. Oh, we're going to get you there. I don't, you know, the billboard's going to be a great thing. I think that will work very well. Right. Uh, I, and you know, we've maybe talked about this before, but if I get elected and they put me on judiciary committee, oh boy. Well, and you're going to request judiciary. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and that's your background. They should put you on there. And they should. I mean, and and I have, you know, over 10 years of working on, you know, policy in regards to judiciary. And I also know the committee members. I know how it works and I would be great on that committee. I'm sure I'll serve on other committees as well, but, um, either way in, you know, regardless of what format I'm in, um, I do think I will be the kind of legislator that steps up and stands up for what I believe in and calls out people when it's inappropriate. And, you know, I will practice civil, you know, behavior, right? Like I will be appropriate. See, and the the wonderful thing about being in the legislature that I think is, and that I think is really funny for some of these people is that it's structured in such a way that if you know the rules, mm-hmm. you can be very nice and you can still shut someone down really quick. Absolutely. And I saw a lot of times when people were not using the rules effectively in the last legislature. Well, that's what I mean sides. by you have to be civil, but you also have to be strategic and you have to be educated and you have to you have to depersonalize it a bit. So even though last session was much more emotional for me than any session before as a legislator, I'm going to have emotions about things, but if I'm really trying to address a particular situation or problem, if I focus on my emotions, as opposed to focus on the procedure that I can use to Mm -hmm. shut it down, then, you know, I'm right. You'll lose. I'm not helping the situation. right? Right. So what I hope is that I'll be able to be in a position where, you know, obviously allow for civil discourse and conversation. And, you know, that's the part of the legislative process that people have to remember is there are Mike from a ceiling. (laughs) There are two sides. I'm a, I'm a person who talks with my hands. Um, there are two sides to every, um, issue and you know the legislative process is supposed to hear out both sides and i think i think in some of these issues there are not two sides there's not two sides to slavery it's wrong i understand what you're saying but there's discrimination the way the system is set up is you create an opportunity for both sides 
quote fingers to be heard. All I'm saying is that people deserve to be heard. Well, and they do deserve to be heard. But as soon as they start spouting lies, as soon as the minute a lie comes out of their mouth, they should be cut off, Mm -hmm. told they're lying and removed. And that is part of the power that the committee members have. They can say, no, what you're actually saying is a lie. You know it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And you need to leave now. And if you don't do it by yourself, we'll have you escorted from the building. Right. And, and I, I, I mean, think that it will be fun to do. And the first time it happens, I want it filmed. And I want that, you know, this is the dick who went up and fucking and lied. Right. He lied to the committee and the committee called him on it and threw him out of the Capitol. And this is who you people think is telling you the truth. He's not. Yes. So I'm calm. You have some opinions about it. <laughs> I do as well. And partly because I've been up there for so long and I've seen so many different things. And I, whenever I get really upset about what the other side is doing against the side that I care about, I also try to remember that we have to have expectations. We have to create rules. There has to be an allowance for both sides to be presented because if and when, and this is what we saw this session, the other guys have the power. So when quote unquote bad guys have the power, Right. If we, we don't need have... them. We need them to follow those rules because right. if we create a situation where it would have been nice we don't have had. the expectation, right? But but we should have better rules than we should, or at least a more clear expectation because we, when you're not the person in power, you can get shut down in all those same ways that you're and we talking were. about. That we were shut, shut down. Else down. Well, but they shut us down in ways that were actually illegal. Mm-hmm. Didn't let us testify. You know, they did things that were actually wrong and right. they should have, and there was no accountability for what they did, which I think is a whole other problem. That it was, it at. was horrible. The lack of accountability, even within the leadership of the Republican party to like shut down some of the things that were happening. It was really, disappointing to see that people weren't more you know on top of it <coughs> bless excuse you. me i need to Second come up with something of the show i need to come up with something else for then bless you when people sneeze i don't know what <laughs> i don't know what it'll be so big plans for the week week uh more door knocking um for my work we're having our annual conference next week mm. it's a big deal we bring in people from all over the state I, I, um, did i get an invite to that is that I what i got yesterday I don't know. Some, something with you guys yesterday. Um, I don't know. Um, so we're Facebook. having our... I get tons of invites, and yeah. it's the worst event management system in the world. It really everybody is. everybody invites you on it. It's like, um, I have no idea what's going on. So we have an, our annual conference here in Helena next Monday and Tuesday. Hmm. Um, we also have a... We're promoting a film screening at the Myrna Loy next Friday. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. So um, next Friday, a film at the Myrna Loy starts. It's called The Invisible War. And it's basically a documentary about the pervasive issue of sexual violence in the military. It's a really good documentary. I may have mentioned that I saw it when I was at the sexual assault conference a couple weeks ago. What's more interesting is I'm working with the National Guard on a video talking about sexual assault and whose responsibility it is, what it is. Well, I'd love to see it because a lot of times the military addresses this issue, but um, we're seeing that they sometimes miss the mark. In terms of how should they talk about it in a, in a way that really gets people we'll have to, to address go over the that. issue. We'll have to go over that. Yeah. I, mean, I think they're actually hitting the mark pretty well with this one for the, for the limited time that they have for this particular time because mm-hmm. they're really focused on um, the resilience training and the suicide prevention, which yeah. are the bigger focuses for Montana National Guard because they didn't have a lot of sexual assaults reported here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do know the statistics on how many are reported versus how many should are probably actually happening. And well, the I really encourage to everybody to go to this documentary because you'll see what I mean, which is that the military has done a great job at creating structures about 
they have like a whole advocacy system. They have all these public awareness things. They have very clear kind of steps that somebody should take. But what's happening is um, people are taking those steps or people are aware that it's a problem and they're coming forward to report more often. And then it's what does what happens to them. Um, Mm -hmm. So all of the women who are in this documentary reported the sexual assault, reported, um, tried to access the various channels, and then there was a lack of sort of justice. So fascinating documentary. We, um, the Myrna Loy is bringing it here for the whole week. We're just promoting it for the first night, opening night. We'll have a information table out and providing people with information. And I really hope people go out and see it. Some people are into documentaries, some people aren't, but it's one of those documentaries that you will be moved by and, I don't know about you, but I was moved to action. Like I want to do something about it. It was that compelling. So, um, I hope people come out and there'll be obviously information on the seems like an odd way to spend a Friday night. I know. And I just occurred to me that it's your opening night. So I'm coming Saturday, but I will be somewhere else. So Um, it'll be playing at the Myrna for a week at least. Yeah. Um, so, and my show does open next week Mm -hmm. on Friday as well. That will be delightful. Um, it's going to be a hoot. Is it like two shows a night or how is no, it? No, it's one show a night. And okay. then, so it's uh, the first weekend is Friday, Saturday, Sunday is a matinee. And then the next week it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday's a matinee. And then same the last week goes for three so weekends. So three weeks. Yeah. It should be. It'll be. You're going to be exhausted. Are I'm we still going to do the show actually, during that? Oh, yeah. We're still going to do the show. And actually, I was going to ask if we should have a guest next week. Hmm. Who do you want to have? Um, who was I thinking? I was thinking about someone. I'll tell you offline because okay. it'll, be, it'll be a better surprise for other people. <laughs> but I think we should have a guest next week. Okay. Well, we'll be back next week. Um, we're trying to do this at least once a week. We'll do our best given our busy schedules. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm sure there'll be much more to talk about then. Yes. And we do appreciate everybody that's listened to it. Uh, again, if you tell want to find old shows, they are available at thisinswell.com. Um, we are in iTunes. If you are enjoying the show, please feel free to rate the show with a little stars. Five would be lovely. Um, or leave a comment, which is always awesome to hear, uh, even the bad ones, because we do have to know what we need to improve on. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to follow Kelson on Twitter, she is at... Uh, Yo Kelson is personal, or my K Young for HD80 is the campaign one. Right. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Kev Ham. And uh, the other podcasts, if you want to listen to them. Although, really, if you're listening to Martinez in the Morning, there's only been one. Because Eddie is still <laughs> missing an action. Politic Boom is but blowing up. Politic Boom is up. And um, actually just recorded a show with uh, Mr. Carl Kaufman earlier today, who uh, has a lot of experience in politics. And Very informative. And, uh, yeah, you should like the show. So I hope everybody's having a great week. And you have a great weekend. You too. And we'll see you next week. Bye.